testing. Testing. Do you have enough wine in your glass? Well, I mean, I'm on my second glass, and I think you've poured me half the bottle in this glass. So <laughs> Right where we need to For at be. least the next, like, 10, 15 minutes, I think I'm good. Can <laughs> you right, tell good. I needed liquid courage for this? You're going to be fine. Let's do it. <laughs> Miss Whitney Black is here with me for the third episode of Send Me an Invite. Say hello. Hi, guys. Glad to be here. So I met Whitney a couple years ago. I think we were in California. California, of all places. Of all places. I was still living in New York at the time. We met, and we just like instantly clicked like it was nothing. Um, It was at a work conference. You were an insurance agent at the time, and then we've just stayed social media friends ever since (laughs) and it's like you guys all have those people where you don't really see each other that often but you feel like you're good friends like you talk every day but it's just all through Instagram because I'm living through you and you see what I'm doing yeah exactly right she's working out and I'm like shit I have to get to the gym when he's on the stair and she's going out and living her life and dressed (laughs) up and I'm like oh my gosh I gotta go out and like have some fun what am I doing yeah so yeah I'm so 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 excited to have you on Whitney is a boss and we're going to get into all of that. So let's start off. Just some basic get to know you before we really get into it. Oh, good. That's scary, but I'm ready. (laughs) That's going to be great. So number one, how old are you? I'm 30, about to be 31 in February. Don't roll your eyes. It's okay. I know. I have a little bit of a complex about it, and you'll learn more about why that is, but (laughs) it's all good. Where are you from originally? So originally from Oklahoma, um, but moved around for 10 years. So I've lived like Illinois, Oklahoma, multiple parts of Texas, San Antonio, Houston, um, and then landed back in Dallas as of like a couple months ago. So where were you right before Dallas? In Houston. And that's where I had my insurance agency. I owned a business there. Walk us back a little bit. What is your current job, but then kind of rewind to how did your career lead you to this point that you're at today? Yeah. So... Uh, my current job right now, I'm an executive with an insurance company, and so my job is to basically go and support um, a group of, of agents um, in a territory. And How many? 27 agents. Holy shit. Yeah. So uh, basically, here's what we kind of talk about it, and when I think about what my job really is about, it's leading a voluntary army, because I'm leading... 1099, you know, business owners, right? But my job is to support them, influence them, help them, help them grow their businesses, also grow the territory um, and kind of our results as a whole. Um, And then before that, I owned an agency. So that's kind of what led me to do that. I had an, well, started my own business when I was 25. Um, Damn. Yeah. (laughs) 25. Casual. Had um, the business for four and a half years. And ultimately, I just knew that um, as much as I loved owning my own business and having like that autonomy and like the entrepreneur that is just in me as a whole, I just knew that I, the best part of my job was when I got to go and help other agents. Aww. And so, and just cause that's what I got a thrill out of. I love that. I was, it was always fun and energizing for me. And so I was like, well, why don't I just do that on more of a full-time scale? Again, very casual. Why don't I just lead 27 agents? <laughs> so you had an insurance agency in Houston. You made a recent move to take this leadership role in Dallas. So that's a big jump. I mean, mm-hmm. it's what three and a half hour drive, but you're essentially leaving your entire life behind in Houston, move to a new city, start a new pretty big jump in your role. 
what were some of the things that you left behind in Houston and some of the like hesitations you had saying, oh my gosh, am I going to do this or not do this? Yeah. So, I mean, that was a huge decision. I always knew it was an option for me whenever I started my own business. I knew that I would have the option to go into leadership if that's the path that I wanted to take. And of course, if they, if I did well as an agent, if they selected me to do this, I knew that that would be an option. For me, it was really hard because... I lived in Houston for seven years, and that was the longest I'd ever lived anywhere in my whole life. So I, again, moved around constantly growing up, and so I always have had, like, this longing of wanting to, like, live somewhere forever and just have this, like, friend base and family base Mm -hmm. and things like that in one location. And so I think that was a huge, huge factor for me is, like, am I really going to give up, like, the last five years of growing a business, seven years of living in one place and developing relationships. And, and then I was in a relationship at that time too, a long-term relationship. We're going to get to that one. (laughs) Of like four years. And so that was a lot to give up. And not that I had to give that up to move, right? There, it wasn't supposed to have been given up and then it just ended up working out that way. Um, (laughs) As it does. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I was starting from scratch is kind of what it felt like. So do you think that you want to put roots in Dallas? I really do. I mean, first of all, because I love the position that I'm in, I really don't see myself um, wanting to move into even Mm -hmm. a higher level just because this is such a fit for me and my personality and what I Mm -hmm. love. Um, And then also my family is here. And that was a huge, Huge huge factor in moving up here. I wouldn't have probably ever moved up here if it wasn't for my family being here. And so I see like Dallas is for sure my like forever roots. So I can 1,000 million percent relate to this because I also just moved to Dallas about a year ago. How bad does it suck trying to make friends as an adult in a new city? We're not in college anymore. We're not like, and you're not in a traditional office role where you have, you know, the girl that sits at the desk next to you. Like I work remote, I have an office, but it's just me and one other employee. So yeah, where do you make friends from? There's, there's apps you can use. There's like Bumble BFF and that stuff. And then from there, it's just literally, do I walk up to random people and be like, hi, I need friends. Uh, Yes. That's how I feel. I'm like. (laughs) I, I can't even explain it. And I always consider myself like really good at making friends because I moved around my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I moved to a new school. And by the time lunch came around, I had to make my friends or else I was eating alone. So oh. I have always been really good at making friends. But I'm 30 and I'm not 10 anymore. Right. And so I'm not in an environment where I meet people. So the people that I meet, because I don't have an office, so I either work like remotely from home and mostly like in the field at my agent's offices. So literally the people I meet are the same people every single week. And it's just my agents who are, you know, 99% of them married and multiple kids and mm-hmm. things like that. And they're just probably in a little bit of a different place in their life than I am. Mm-hmm. Also, I just, I don't go out. And so a lot of that is on me. Like I would like to start going out more, but you have to have friends to go out with. We're going to go out tonight. If <laughs> anyone's listening, like Martina, go out with her. We're going out tonight. We're going out tonight. <laughs> I have a whole like bag full of clothes. I'm like dying to go out. She showed up yes. with a whole closet full of clothes. And because, well, I'm like, what do people wear to go out in Dallas? Like I know what I would wear in Houston, but I think Dallas is like a different level than Houston. So um, it's really hard. Do I, you think that you like lean on your professional? circle for friends more or not so much because they're all older 
well, that's all of my circle of friends is my professional circle. Um, and so there's a lots of positives and lots of challenges with that as well, right? So the good thing is that they know the business that I'm in. They understand like the highs and lows and we all can relate on that level and that's really nice. But again, the challenges are like the people that you see all the time and are you really like expanding your net mm-hmm. at the level that I probably need to because I mean some of my best friends are you know 50 and 60 and you know they're just at such a different stage in their yeah. life it's hard I relate to that too like just being in a network like professionally with so many older people where they're your friends some of my friends I would say are like 50 plus years old and exactly. it's they're not the people that you're gonna like sit down and drink wine with and go out no exactly so, I mean we do things at home and right. we travel and we do stuff like that but like it's not like we're hitting up the bar right. or whatever kids do these days <laughs> <laughs> so let's transition to dating in a new city have oh. you Oh, I know, I know. When I moved to Dallas, I had this vision that it was going to be like, I'm going to be a kid in a candy store, all these like southern oil tycoons and this and that. No, that's not the reality of dating in any new city. No. It's very, very difficult. Have you yeah. been on any dates yet? Zero. So let me give like some background okay. to that. I feel like maybe that will help a little bit because you guys are like, this girl is so pathetic. Oh my <laughs> God, no. 30. She's not going on any dates. Okay, so it's not for a lack of like interest or um, on my part or probably a guy's part. It's just I have, one, I've been really busy and moving. Okay, so that taking on this new role, I started at like the busiest time of the year for our business. And so that has been my top priority. Um, but also, I have a major, major fear of dating. I blame my parents because <laughs> when I was growing up, I was not allowed to date. Like, seriously, I know people look oh, wow. at me and they're shocked. So I really never dated. Like, when I was in high school or anything like that, I never really like one-on-one dated anytime I would date it'd be like through friends or like Mm -hmm. group settings and things like that so then I go to college and my expectation was that of what I had in high school which is like you just go out to the bars with your friends and your friends meet other friends and you're just always in this group setting stuff Wait, I'm you're saying this so surprised I'm the exact same way I never dated one-on-one it was always just like I'll meet someone through someone and then we'll hang out in a group. So I yes. totally know what you mean. Okay, so now I don't feel so crazy. So thank yeah. you for saying that because I'm telling you, it holds. It has held me back so much in life. And then here's what happens. That the guys that are gentlemen or are re- for real about this are wanting to take me on a date. And what do I do? I'm like, I find an excuse of why I can't go. Oh my God, Because yes. I have such a phobia Sorry, of it. Sorry, I'm busy. Yes. <laughs> After okay, wash my hair. But then, who, do, who am I around? I'm around the guys that never would like, okay, they're not going to ask me out. They're just like partying with all their friends, which is fine. But at 30, that's not where I'm at in my life right. anymore. How did you meet your last boyfriend that you were with in Houston? Let's let's uh, rewind a little bit back to that. <laughs> so he was a fitness trainer at a gym that I was of working course, out in. Of course, that's what got you. <laughs> okay, so here's the one thing. I would never make that mistake again. So like <laughs> now my gym is like my sanctuary and I cannot commingle the two. Because what happens when that relationship ends is that now you have to find another gym. Was he your personal trainer? Yes. Now, it was a small group fitness training. Um, 
It was an personal orange. trainers yes. are setting yourself up for disaster if you yeah it's you build such a, a close relationship with them yes my boyfriend has said like because he's really into like fitness and mm-hmm. shit and he's been like I want to be a personal trainer and I'm like the hell you will not be a personal no. trainer I, I agree and it create it actually like created a lot of issues in our relationship oh I bet because if and not, not saying that that's not okay or that you can't have a very healthy relationship with a personal trainer but if they're not very secure in who they are, and if they're not very secure in the relationship that they have with you, mm-hmm. something's always going to be coming into it. My best friend from college, her husband was a personal trainer, and she had a baby. They were married. It was great. And then come to find out, he was banging some girl that he was training for two years straight, and she had no idea. Yes. I could go on for hours and hours Next about episode. stories. <laughs> yes. Um, so that that's how we originally met. Um, and again, so I never, I mean, I've like gotten on a dating app like a couple of times, like when we would like break up and then we'd get back mm-hmm. together and I'd delete it. And I never have been on a date through like a dating app or anything like that. Those are a joke. They're like, So I've gotten on one in Dallas. It's called Hinge. I didn't even know what Hinge was. Me and Elena used, I mean, Elena's probably still on it, but I used to go on Hinge and I would just see it as more of like another app. It wasn't, I never went on dates from it. I never took anyone serious from it. Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. So you're on Hinge. I'm on Hinge. Look for Whitney on Hinge. (laughs) Do you think it's like, so you broke up with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. That in itself is like a brand new thing, getting back into dating. Do you think it's harder or easier doing that in a new city? Uh, You know, I would think it's probably harder for me in the sense that I don't, like in Houston, I knew so many people that I, you know, I always had people that were like, eh, you know, I want to set you up with this guy, or I think this guy would be really good for you. And so having friends, there was more people to meet and Mm -hmm. know and things like that. And so I feel like the thing in Dallas is that not having a lot of that friend base here is that I don't have a lot of like people being like oh you need to meet this person or oh I think you'd be a good fit for this person and so I feel like I'm like square one and I don't know where to start other than an app which terrifies me. You know what hinge is really good for when you move getting guys to like do tasks for you like Elena would like message guys on hinge and like they'd want to go out with her and she'd be like okay can you just move this dresser for me first (laughs) stop it yeah. It okay, works. so I'm building a house and exactly. it'll You're be done in the end of April. So now I'm like, well, you know, I'm really busy with this, but I'd love to meet with you. But if you'd like to come over to my house, I'm actually hanging some pictures. Um, <laughs> exactly. Are you good at that? And if you're not, I don't want to meet you anyway. Right. Like you can test them out yeah. by making them do household yeah. Are chores. you resourceful? Like watch a YouTube video on how to hang a mirror or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so when you moved, I feel like you must have had this like Elsie on the Hills moment of like, do I go to Paris? Do I not go to Paris? Like basically, if you don't watch the Hills, then just turn this off right now. But <laughs> if you don't watch the Hills, that means like, do I make this big life decision that's best for me and best for my mm-hmm. career? But I'm essentially going to be putting my relationship on the back burner for this. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like this is, I mean, getting a little bit deep, but one of the things that I think is really good about myself but is also really bad about myself is is that is doing things for other people and not doing things that make sense for me and and what I should be doing so like for example 
I ended up deciding to have my agency in Houston because I was in a relationship there and it my I was comfortable there I this is a different relationship this was yeah this so I've been in like two actual relationships in my whole adult life like two now granted one was for like six years and one was for like four so when would you have had time for any other exactly okay (laughs) so so I think that so I made that decision based on like I made decisions based on him and not based on myself, right? And then the same thing in, you know, my next relationship, my most recent one after that, was I was constantly making sacrifices on what I wanted or what I needed because I just really am pretty easygoing. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. super complicated. I'm not that hard to please. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty easygoing. And so I would make all of these, like, sacrifices on really what I need to do for my life just for him and for him to be happy And then I got to a point to realize, like, okay, it's not me that can make him happy. Like, he has to be happy within himself Mm -hmm. and secure within himself. And then we actually, like, we had talked about it. We're moving to Dallas together. We're, he knew I was going to take this opportunity. And this was, like, a long time coming. This was, like, last September that, so it's almost a year that he knew I would be making this transition at some point up here. Wanted to move to Dallas, was excited about that. He ends up deciding to go, because he's really unhappy with his job, go back and interview and take all these interviews and things like that, ends up getting a job in Houston with a company that's only in Houston. And he basically is like, well, I'm going to take this job, and I'm going to stay here, and it is what it is. And I was kind of like, well, you, that was a red flag, and I probably should have ended it right then and there. But the fact that, like, we weren't a partnership, this wasn't a team, like, we're not making life, big life decisions together, terrified me that, like, one day I would be married and have kids with this person who would just go and up and make all these big life decisions without me even being a factor or, like, throwing our plans out the window. So that was kind of... So I remember when we met, one of the first things that we like bonded over, we were at several glasses of wine deep, was sure. <laughs> that it's very hard, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will relate to this, it's very, very hard to be successful as mm. a woman if you're dating somebody that is either less ambitious, prioritizes their career less, whether it's financially more successful or not. It's very, very difficult to be the woman in that situation because it's so typical for the guy to be career focused the guy Mm -hmm. to be the more successful one but when you're a girl in that situation and whoever you're with is not that's extremely hard it is and so I mean I honestly never believed that I I always heard people talk to me about Mm -hmm. it and I never really believed it until a certain point because I grew up where my mom started her business an insurance agency when she was 25 years old And then she went into leadership and she's been an executive, you know, for my entire life. And so she made the money and my dad ended up staying home to raise us because she was gone a lot. And so I just never really saw anything, you know, wrong with that Mm -hmm. or that that would be challenging because like it never affected my dad. Like my Mm -hmm. dad was never insecure about it. It was never a problem. And then I get into relationships, and then especially my most recent one, I still didn't really think, like, is that really the factor? And then what I realized is that 
what happens is that they're not naturally just like, oh, you make this money and I'm super intimidated by you. It doesn't come across that way. Like up front, they're like, I think it's amazing that I you're think so it's successful. Cool. It's great. Yeah, like go you. Like it, it don't comes, be fooled. Don't be fooled. Okay. So it comes across that way. And then what happens is they end up not happy with where they are at in their life. And then the insecurity starts to come. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with me. And then it was like, you know, I couldn't talk about my business. It was like, Mm -hmm. you you have it so good. You make, you know, more, you're the the top 2% of all Americans in the United States. And you make this, what do you have to complain about? Is is what I would get when I would just be talking about my day or things that were Mm -hmm. hard that I was struggling with. And and so for me, it was like, man, like you're never really going to understand. So now yeah. I get it why people say that. And it really is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's how my, not this relationship at all, but the one before it, it was very much like, at first it was like, yeah, it's so cool. You're so successful. But really that insecurity carries in so many other mm-hmm. ways where it's like, why are you wearing that? Well, it's not really that I'm wearing this. It's that you feel insecure because you feel intimidated by me in general. That's exactly right. You know you how know, many times just I would crazy be told, jealous look, stuff. Y'all, what am I wearing? I'm wearing She's a wearing t-shirt, a Rolling Stones t-shirt. A Rolling Stones t-shirt in jeans, okay? And I would get all the time, like if I just had like, you know, a shirt, a top that was like cut down the middle or like I had on like a romper that was like mm-hmm. anything. short, anything. But there was always something to say about it. And then it was, I obviously have a lot of male clients, so it was like, if any of my clients sent me a text message or I was on the phone with them, that was the absolute end of the world. Yeah. It was the absolute, and it's like, you don't understand, essentially because he was threatened by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the insecurity. But then they like almost self-sabotage the entire relationship because that one insecurity is just spiraling them out of control. Well, and they will deny, deny, deny. Yes. All yes. day long yes. that there isn't this insecurity. Yes. And so... I would be like, you know what, then it's me. Or like, okay, it's about something else. And then at the end of the day, I started to realize he went from this com- this job to same profession but a different company. Mm-hmm. Then completely different company back into engineering, right? So, okay, surely this will make him happy. And then he finally will be able to be happy with our relationship. But no, like... He was, he was never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad character trait for, I think, somebody to have. And that's something I know now is, like, you're never happy. Like, ne- nothing mm-hmm. is ever enough for you. And it it has to be perfect or nothing at all, right? Which, that's not the way life is. It's not is. reality. Yeah. Boy, where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the insight. It's, I'm the best, like, advice giver, but not advice taker, right? It's so true, though. And we have such a similar, like background and story mm-hmm. and that's why we get along well so and there's not a lot of us out there is what makes it hard is I feel like we're sometimes it feels like navigating waters that don't feel like people have really been in very much mm-hmm. and that's what's hard I think is that if it were the opposite type situation you could find a thousand women out there to talk mm-hmm. to about what you're going through right but our situations are just so different and I it's kind of like uncharted territory it is. a little bit. So I will tell you this. When I moved, and maybe the same thing is already happening to you, when I moved, when I started my own company, was when I really like broke out of that, like mm-hmm. even that that could be a thought going forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I almost like sensed it out in people right away 
where it's like that situation will never happen to me again because I there's no reason for it. You don't have the same. Once you're in a new city, you just get this like confidence and empowerment that it's yeah. like I can literally do anything I want. So and that's honestly how I feel. Like deep down, I'm super intimidated about like meeting people and like getting out there and like not intimidated, but like is it gonna happen? Like oh my gosh, she's not that intimidated. There. She's like <laughs> oh, this guy wants to meet us out tonight. That is true. We will be meeting some. So stay, we have to have a part two to this. We, so I think I'm, we definitely have to. You know, we you gotta be updated. I feel like I'm gonna be like Tanya on Scrubbing In or something where like you just like live through like. Like my yeah. dating life and hers is terrifying. So I pray that mine's not that situation. <laughs> but um, I think that that's the thing is like moving here and like ending that relationship, I almost feel free. Yes. Like, guys, I haven't had a holiday in like four years where I don't feel like, oh my gosh, like if I'm not texting you or calling you at this time or responding back fast enough or you know, if I'm out with friends or if I'm doing this, it's like, oh, there's always going to be an argument or you're always, I'm never going to have made you happy with this situation. And I spent these holidays, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, dang. You're free. You're literally Which free. I thought would be, normally would be like kind of depressing. Like everybody's with someone and it's so cute. But I was like, dang, like I'm doing what I want when I want. And not that I don't want that partner, but it feels free to not have like that burden on you that really doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And what I found is like, once I moved and I was like, wow, I actually genuinely got to a place where I was like, I love being on my own. Mm-hmm. Then when I met Ken, I was like, I don't feel this like, it didn't feel like effort and work and like mm-hmm. I'm trying to yes. do all these things. Like, And I think that being in a new city brings this like new perspective out of you where it's like you can go into a relationship with a new person and just be like, this is what it is. And... I that's totally agree. Really I mean, that that's like word for word exactly how I feel is that I don't have this pressure to try to be somebody that mm-hmm. I'm not because I spent four years trying to be whatever he wanted that day of the week. I mean, that's how fast it was changing. Yeah. It was like, okay, Trust you know, me, I know. You're, you know, I want you to be more independent. Uh, well, I'm super independent. But then when I'd be independent and not like relying on his every need and call that he'd be like, well, you're like, you're just blowing me off. Or it's like changing every day mm-hmm. and that was exhausting and so it is it feels like I am probably for the first time in honestly like 10 years at a place where I am so content by myself that doesn't mean that I don't want something well else. that's when you're everybody says like it's gonna happen when you least expect it when you're not looking anymore once I got yeah. to a place where I was like I'm so good I don't care anymore I'm not gonna keep going yeah. on aimless dates I'm not gonna keep like you know, trying, mm-hmm. trying, trying. And then I met Ken and it was just like, okay, yes. Finally. So I go both ways on that. So I believe that that is 100% the truth. Like I had to get up to a point where I was just so okay in my own skin, in who I am. And in making a commitment to myself that I'm not changing for anybody. Like, yes, I'm going to be continuing to work on myself and be better every day. But I'm still going to be true to who I am. Now, at the same time, I believe that I have to put myself in an environment to allow yes. things to happen. And 100%. that's what I haven't done. And that's why we're going out tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is because I haven't. And so what am I going to do if I want to meet people? Well, 
at sitting at home and working and going and working used, out is not going to help me. I used to say when I lived in Rochester and I had this big ass house and I was alone, I used to be like, I feel like I would welcome a burglar. If a burglar yeah. came in, I'd be like, hi, please sit down. Like, can I get you anything? Because I never yes. left the house. I never wanted to do anything. Like, yeah. And but you're right. Me. You have to put yourself out there to an extent. Like, being on all the apps and like forcing yourself to go yeah. on these dates when you really genuinely don't want to, yeah. like, no. But putting yourself in environments where you're welcoming new connections and yes. new people, yes. 100%. And I think that's the key. So, like, when I moved in here, so a little bit of like context around this is that I am building a house in McKinney, which is a suburb of Dallas. So, it's North Dallas. Um, it's a suburb. It's the suburbs. It's like schools and families mm-hmm. and, you know, young families and things like that. But I'm like, well, if I'm going to invest my money and things, I want it to be in a place where I really want to live, like, long term. I want to raise kids there. I want to – and that's just – it made good financial sense for me to do that. You'll um, definitely meet a lot of rich guys there. And it was a fit for me. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're hoping for that. Okay, I haven't yet, but we're hoping for that. But it it was a fit for me. So it's that balance of, like – I'm still going to live like where I want to live and what's true to me and live the life that is true to me. Like I'm not going to go have ragers like every mm-hmm. weekend. That's not the idea. But I think that I can go out, be social, meet people. Like, you know, tonight yeah. I'm meeting Ken and I'll meet like I've met you and like, you know, we're meeting like a She's dish. talking to Aaron. Oh yeah, me. I'm talking to Aaron by the way. Sorry, not Martina. <laughs> but... It, then I'm going to have a friend group from yeah. that. And that I we think get to go and do other things. When you go out with another girl too, like even a girl that's in a relationship, you you are susceptible to just opening up more. Whereas if you're out by yourself, like getting a drink. or I remember the yeah. first night I moved to Dallas, it was before Elena got here. And I was like, I don't know what the hell to do. So I like went to this bar down the street and I like had a glass of wine. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to anyone here. What am I doing? No. So I went home. Well, and so that's the thing too is like I, if I go out, I go out with guys. Because it's either like they're a friend of the family mm-hmm. or they're an agent or they're somebody I've known for a long time. And like I just don't have like a lot of like girlfriends in in Mm -hmm. here like I had a lot of that in Houston and I feel like girlfriends are harder to make and find than like guy friends so for me like I've got I know a lot of guy friends in Houston Dallas you hate to sound like one of those girls it's like I get on with guys better no I love girls I know I want girlfriends it's just a little bit harder to meet Mm -hmm. if you don't already know them right I mean they already have their friend groups and they're already doing their own things and guys, it's just, like, super easy to just mm-hmm. pop in a group, right? right? And, like, hang out. They don't give a shit. They don't care. It's just a little different. I am not that. I like <laughs> girls. I want girlfriends. <laughs> and Careful, I'm going to meet. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so I like girlfriends. I, I definitely she like girls guys. as friends. <laughs> yes, I like girls as friends. Sorry, let me clarify. I definitely like guys. <laughs> I think my mom may be worried at this point that, <laughs> that that's a lost cause. She may be at the point where she's like, look, I'll take anything I can get like (laughs) oh my gosh okay so let's transition a little bit more career-wise talk about what it's like being in a leadership role at such a young age because again this is another thing that we have in common when I was 24 25 I was managing a team of like 
30 salespeople and 90% of them were older than me. And they were like, what is this little shit doing in here trying to tell me what to do? Yeah. I mean, so it has so many challenges. I can't even begin. Like this could be a podcast episode like in and of itself because (laughs) it's so crazy. Do you want to just co-host with me? We probably should. No. Um, So here's the thing. So when I graduated college, I took a position right out of college uh, with the Air Force and I did management consulting for the Air Force. So basically my job was to come in and to tell civil service employees that are 40 plus years old, and I was 21 at the time, 22, um, tell them that like, hey, how you've been doing things for the last 30 years, like just isn't going to cut it anymore and we're going to start doing things this way. So I think I got like a a huge wake up call or, you know, just like a humbling huge like dunk in the water at that point like I mean it was like that was the hardest thing ever and so I think something I've been naturally thank goodness like blessed with is just ability to build relationships Mm -hmm. with people and I think that that's what leadership really comes down to is people have to know you care before they know they want to know how much you know, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try to do is let them know that, hey, I'm on your side. I got your back. Like, I want to help you. That's what I'm here to do. But it presents a lot of challenges. I mean, I remember my first week here and I met with an agent of mine and you know bless his heart but the first thing he says to me is wow you sure are attractive well that's the next thing i was gonna say yeah, like let's I mean, be real here yeah. we're also both attractive girls that sets you back even further it because does. it's like not only are you young you're just this young dumb hot girl what do you know yes and so i think that's the thing that i really I felt very confident and very comfortable coming into this role because I had experienced that as an agent and having my own business. So I took over for an agent who was, I mean, 70 plus years old when he retired. And my customers were, I had a really older customer base. And they would walk in and I would introduce them as their their agent. And they would, their jaws would drop to the ground. And are you like, sure you're not the receptionist? Wait, are you, wait, you can't be my agent. And that was very hard for me because here I was trying to grow this business and try to be professional and all these things. And what I had to realize is like, I just had to be confident within myself and that would come across. And, and I would acknowledge it when somebody had something to say about that. I'd say, well... The good news is, is that you got me for a long time. I'm not going anywhere. And now I ended up leaving and going into leadership. But <laughs> Joke was on them. Joke was on them. But nonetheless, like I just had to get to a point where I was like, yeah. And yeah, you're once, really glad that you're going to be so glad that you have me. Once you get past the, because almost I never had the insecurity until people pointed it out to me saying, yes. like my bosses would say, I remember I used to chew gum. They'd be like, you know, you already seem very young and it's, it's, a common misconception that a young attractive girl is going to be dumb take the gum out of your mouth when like I'm just as smart with gum in my mouth and that's something that always drove me nuts so then I developed an insecurity about it and now I'm finally to the point again where it's like I know I'm extremely intelligent I know I have just as much right to speak on what I'm speaking Mm -hmm. on as anyone of any age or any sex or any anything you know what I mean well, and I think that's exactly right, is there are so many things that come up that would never come up 
if you were a male. Yeah. Or if and you I were hate older. to say that. It is, I'm I know. Not feminist look, or this or that, no. but you're right. I mean, so here's the thing. Like, I think it's okay to say, you know what? It is what it is. And it acknowledge it. And by acknowledging it doesn't mean I'm sitting here crying about it. Right. I'm, we're both extremely successful. Right. We're both... Um, we just happen to be successful, <laughs> young, and hot. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry that that sorry. happened. But... <laughs> But no, I think that's the thing is like, and I think that that's what I wish that more people would get to yeah. is that it's not about like being feminist and like we're crying about everything. Right. It's just about, hey, it's a real deal. Right. It's out there. Right. And and what does it take to overcome that? Because mm-hmm. that's going to help somebody who hasn't faced that before. And I, mean, I think the more we give into it, the more it, it stays apparent. Like I had so many people tell me like, you need to dress a certain way, stop wearing skirts, stop wearing dresses. And I'm like, okay, okay. But at a certain point, like, I'm changing who I am because it's making some, who? Some oh. older, really conservative person that doesn't know me, doesn't know that I'm actually very intelligent. Anyone that knows me knows it, it doesn't matter how short my skirt is yeah. or what my hair looks like. I know just as much. I way. was told the same exact thing here. So, I mean, when I started, I remember that, you know, somebody that was helping me when I was transitioning into this role tell me, be careful of what you wear when you go to this office because this person is like this, right? Or this guy is going to think Whitney, this about you. I've had you. the same thing. Yeah. If you ever talk to this person, make sure you don't yeah. use this word or this word. Like, Yes. And I'm like, at the end of the day... I can hold my own. So I think that's a place that you have to, you, like, you can't monitor, like, every word that comes out of your mouth and every article of clothing that you have on. Like, somebody's, if they want to make it something, they're going to make it what they want it. So mm-hmm. it's about being able to be, like, comfortable and confident in your own skin and be able to hold your own. When that guy said that to me, that, you know, older man, I said, well, not as good looking as the last guy you had, right? I mean, it's like, you know, you just right. come up with something to just roll with it. I mean... And then I think you probably experienced what I experienced, which is at first glance, people make an assumption. And then after... I have clients tell me all yes. the time, when I first talked to you, I figured you were a dumb, hot girl. And then a half hour into our conversation, I thought, wow, she actually knows her shit. So yes. once you just give us the chance to speak... Yes. You know what I mean? You'll realize, oh, wait a minute. They're actually really smart girls. That is exactly right. And so I never felt the need to like fight it or throw a fit about it because the proof was in the pudding, mm-hmm. right? And so I, in fact, like I just had a really big presentation um, to 200 agents. Um, like again, just in my first like two months on the job. And in our whole like Dallas Fort Worth area, and I, they don't put new people that are in my role up there to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was the one female, and there was three other male um, sales leaders that were that were up there presenting. And I was really intimidated by that, you know, because again, there's still those things that are in the back of your head, in the back of your mind. You want to do really good for your first like thing in front of all these people. And then I had people coming up to me afterwards that were like wow, you were just so professional. Like you had everything together, way more professional and more prepared than all the guys. I mean, and so again, that goes back to that. Is Do that- you want to know what the, so the first time that I ever presented to a bunch of agents, it was probably three or four years ago. I will never forget this as long as I live. It was me and a guy I was working with at the time and we presented together. Mm-hmm. After the presentation, this older guy comes up to me and he says, wow, you're really smart. And I said, oh, thank you. And he said, I definitely judged a book by its cover. I didn't think you were going to be that smart. 
he's blatantly yes. said that oh, to me. And absolutely. I was like, thank same. you, I guess. Same. Like, oh, I didn't expect you to be able to do this. Or, I, yeah, that's what happens. And here's the thing I will tell you that I admire about you in career-wise the most is that you don't make compromises for who you are for other people. So what I mean by that is like if you follow her on social media or like Uptown Marketing on social media is she posts things that like no other SEO, SEM (laughs) company would ever post, right? I mean, let's be honest. You don't. Yeah. But what I think that is so genuine about it and what will continue to grow an extremely thriving business for you long term is true sustainability is that people understand that like you are who you are. They get what they get with you. There's no... Show. There's no show. Like, you're like, here I am. I'm going to say this crazy shit because this is me. You either like it or you don't. (laughs) And, And you like it or you don't. And then I think people, even if they don't necessarily identify with things that you're saying or showing or sharing or whatever, I think that they super respect the fact that you are who you are and people want to do business with like authentic, genuine yeah. people and that's who you are. Thank you. So I'm just that's saying that That's a really out. nice compliment. But I, I the, as a business owner, as, you know, these things, these are the things that I look at in other companies and I think about who would I do business with. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's one of the things that you have truly nailed that also just happens to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Thank you. Which is pretty cool. Wow. See, I don't know you where gotta go from that. This is like, just, just, like you I know, really want to do a part two, is. like right now. What time are we at, Erin? <laughs> okay, let's stop talking for right now. But okay. I 100 percent want to have you back as awesome. soon as possible. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. I'm excited. This is. I, I told we I, covered like worlds of things. It, we really did, and it's therapeutic, right? It is. So again, like what I said earlier is like it's cheaper than therapy. Mm-hmm. So like you want me on, let's do it. Yeah, Whitney's <laughs> like I'm in a tough place. I need someone to talk to. Yeah, I'll like, be on your podcast. Why yeah. not blast it to the World Wide Web? Like <laughs> it's all good. Oh my gosh! All right, well that's gonna wrap it up. We gotta Whitney's gotta finish her wine. And I do. I mean, I have been making some dents, but I'm doing a lot of talking, so I haven't I drank as much as anticipated. But we'll get you caught up thank you so much for tuning in to send me an invite don't worry we will have Whitney back very soon thanks guys oh cheers cheers. I like that ding could they hear that or does it need to be no they'll hear it do it again two cheers